Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Chabura public shiur. Tonight we have with us Avitchak Berduga back with us. We're going to be exploring Thanksgiving and the halachic implications around it. Uh, Rabbi Duga is uh, no stranger to the Chabura. It's always a privilege to have him, and I highly recommend checking out his previous shiurim with us. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, everyone, who's going to be listening afterwards. And Chacham, thank you so much. The floor is yours. Thank you so much. So this topic, it's a general topic, although it has to do with American holiday, now as a secular American holiday, Thanksgiving. But it's a general topic regarding going in the ways of the Goyim. So even if you're not in America and not celebrating Thanksgiving, it still applies to many, many different things that have to do with our daily life, like even wearing a tie, etc. It goes on forever. So actually, I got into this topic a few weeks ago, not because of Thanksgiving, but because of Halloween. Why? Because I was living in a Jewish building for many years. My kids grew up in a Jewish building, pretty much 99% Jews only. Uh, the They never experienced Halloween, what was Halloween they only know Purim. That's, that's the holiday that people get dressed up. Um, and then we moved to a house and the majority of the people here are not Jewish in the community. Or even if they are, let's say, half Jewish, they're still celebrating Halloween. And, you know, I had to take my kids to the therapy because they didn't understand the concept of like, why are these goyim, you know, making their houses look like, you know, there's there's devils and all these crazy things going on. They were just it's so foreign to them. But I just wanted to see, go into the whole background and see if there's any hetarim for, let's say, A, putting out candy for the goyim to come and take some candy from you. And B, allowing the children to go and just knock and get some candy from the neighbor's doors. Uh, dressing up, okay, you can say C as well. But this kind of uh, inspired me to get into this topic. And so for a few weeks, I, I decided to write something on on the, this concept on Halloween, and it, it ties into it happens to tie into tie into Thanksgiving as well, and it ties into many many other things that we will see. So, with that being said, we'll start uh, start off. Let me share my screen with you guys. Okay, here, share. This is a short short source sheet I just prepared, and to show you the extremities of this concept of following the ways of the goyim. We're going to see that there's three main psukim in the Torah that talk about this concept. And we're going to see who it applies to and how far does it apply to different aspects. So the most extreme that I just saw yesterday, looking on Otsar HaChokmah, is that you have a sefer called the Mishneh Halachot. And that was written by Rav Menashe Klein. He was a rabbi in New York, big, tremendous Tamir Hacham. As the Ramah Musa Tamir Hachamim, and he wrote probably twenty halakim in the sefer. Could be more, I forgot. But he wrote many, many halakim. Here you see in Chelik Yud in the tenth Chelik, he talks about a very interesting concept. He says, I guess probably maybe this was written in the sixties. I'm not sure, seventies or maybe the eighties. But you know, in the old days, they used to have the only kosher restaurant you would have was maybe pizza or maybe you would have a falafel place. Uh, that's about it. In Brooklyn, in Borough Park, I don't even know what kind of restaurants they had. Probably just a place to get some herring and schmaltz, whatever. But he talks about this concept that they started creating these stores and restaurants called, you know, Chinese food restaurants or kosher Chinese food. And he got extremely upset. He was giving 
he was being Doresh in the Beit Knesset, that this is so Asur, it's terrible, we can't have this. And and just to read from what he says, you know, he talks about also that people were call, calling drinks, uh, Sangeri, and all these Spanish names for different things, and he, he really upset him. Glad kosher Chinese food. He couldn't handle that. So he says, somebody asked him, like, why are you getting so on the fence about this concept? So he says, Hine be'emet, where I highlighted, Rak Hashem be'atzmo yeshbo yisur mishum Right, just the name, calling the food Chinese food, that itself is an isur, because you're copying their names. And we are commanded, we're commanded to distance ourselves from them, from their food and from their drinks, right, as much as we can. He says, he says the Jewish foods are different from the Goyish foods. Uh, and uh, let's see, let's skip here. And, and he says, the foods that the Goyim cause you to do, if you cook their types of foods, right, on the surah, you are going to be transgressing by cooking their types of food. And he goes so far to say, in the end, I just highlighted some, uh, copied some parts from this uh, shoot. He says, It's forbidden to enter restaurants that have these Goyish names to them. And any restaurant that has, you know, just foods that are named, you know, these type of foods. Or names of these types of foods. You can't even go or participate in any wedding or any other events that are serving these types of foods. So that's like probably one of the most extreme opinions I've seen is how far they take. This isur of So, you know, it's very fascinating. I was just thinking when I re- was reading this, I'm like, in the Gemara, you have so many foods that are non-Jewish foods that, you know, people we were eating, the, the Tanaim Amoraim were eating, they talk about Kutah uh, Bavli, some type of uh, sour fermented yogurt bread dish. They had Murias, uh, they had all these fermented fish, and these are all Goisha names, you know, they're using the local names. And they were eating this. And even the Gemara talks about about Bishul Yisrael, the types of, you know, foods that are okay, what are not okay. And of course, they would go to the market and buy certain foods from the Goyim that had no kashrut problems. So it was very fascinating to read this. But anyways, you see that you can't eat sushi. You can't uh, do all, uh, eat Chinese food according to this shita. So now we get a little closer to Thanksgiving. The Sefer Pahaditzak. I'm just, you know, this is an introduction to you know, why we're getting into this sugya. You have the Pahad Yitzchak, who was Rabbi Yitzchak Hunter from from uh, New York, from Europe to New York. And he doesn't, in his Teshuvah, he doesn't talk about the name Thanksgiving, but he's, it's, he's referring to Thanksgiving. And there he refers to, he's saying, the main thing, if it was a one-time thing of uh, some type of celebration, you know, maybe that's, uh, okay, whatever, I don't want to say an example, but a one-time celebration would be okay. However, since here, since here we have a yearly holiday and uh, it's in the calendar, he says, So therefore, if you're celebrating this holiday on that day, this yearly date, then you are joining yourself in this moed and, you know, having a new moed 
Shalom Mimikrotea Shil Torah, and that's not based off the Torah, who Ahamure Ahamurot. That's very, very terrible. You know, that's a big no no. So again, he held it Sasur. Then you have Rav David Cohen, is a more moderate, modern posek in New York. Tami uh, Hacham, of course. Uh, uh, he, he talks about as well. He says, Thanksgiving, it's a machloket. Uh, and in the end, he says, in my opinion, to eat turkey for the sake of the holidays prohibited by the rule of Tosafot. So we're going to get into this Tosafot and dissect it. Since it's an irrational rule of theirs and following it is improper. Okay. Then this is uh, extremely extreme. <laughs> Rav uh, Avigdor Miller. And there he writes that, uh, I just want to thanks to, to Jesse for showing me this this morning. He's saying that Thanksgiving is a holiday holiday manufactured by Gentiles for the purpose of going to church. Uh, is that true? I don't think so. And he says, and that was the original purpose. And therefore, it's a Voda Zara, and it's forbidden to, par- to participate in such a thing. And if you eat turkey, you're an Ovid Avoda Zara. That's my opinion. He's saying, uh, in the end, he says, he, he's going so far to say, I think it's Yereg Valya Avod. You have to, if somebody says, eat this turkey on Thanksgiving or die, you die. You know, it could be he's just talking very hyperbolic, you know, but, you know, that's how how much they're taking this concept of Buhokotehim into their uh, their daily life. So now let's get into the crux of this uh, of this sugiya. And uh, there is some even that has to be done to really properly understand it. And from this, we'll be able to see where are these different extremes coming from. You know, I <laughs> I found in this Sidur, uh, here he brings down not even to say Tahanun on Thanksgiving. This is a... Uh, somebody sent this to me. Rabbi Isaac Sassoon. Here in this Sidur, he's saying... We don't say it's American rabbi from Sassoon, from the family from Iraq. And there they write, or from Bombay, I think. So there he writes, not even to say Tahanun on Thanksgiving. And I know the S&P rabbis also are very into Thanksgiving. So he has two extremes. So let's see the Mekorot from the Gemara. So the Mishnah in Sanhedrin, it talks about the different methods of capital punishment. So how would they do the... You know, one of the four capital punishments is they would cut off the person's head. So, they would take a, a knife, a cleaver, just like the goyim they would do, the same way the Jewish people would be do, would be cut off the people's heads with a knife, with a sword. So, Rabbi Yehuda, Nasi, he says, that is despicable, that's disgusting. We don't do that. So rather, what's a, not as uh, a way to do it? We take the head, the person's head. We put it on a sedan and they put it on something, but base, the kotsets, the kofits. And then you take a cleaver there to the brain and you actually cut it off. So So the hachamim said back to Rabbi Yehuda, uh, excuse me, you said that our version is, the, is very disgusting. Yours is even worse. So that's the Mishnah. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Tanya. Omer lehen Rabbi Yehuda lachamim. So Rabbi Yehuda, there was some more information, some more conversation in this. And it, although it wasn't brought in the Mishnah, the Gemara is going to tell us what happened in this Piraita. It says, Afani yodea shimita min So Rabbi Yehuda says, yes, I know that this is also very minuval. It's a disgusting type of death. Aval ma but what can I do? Shere amra Torah, it says in the Torah, you're not allowed to go in their ways. Follow their 
the the word hok here is very ambiguous. Hok usually means the law, but in their ways, that's safe for better understanding. You can't follow their ways. So the Rabbanan, the rabbis, they said, Kevan dichtiv saif beoraita, since in the Torah, it talks about saif using the sword. Before I said knife, but the proper way is sword for the hachamim and the knife for Rabbi Yudah. So it, since the Torah talks about saif, lo minayhu kagamrinan. So this is a big yesod. He says, we're not learning from the goyim. Since the Torah talks about it, we are not copying, we're not mimicking, imitating the goyim. Because if you don't say what I'm saying, right? So how is it that we would burn for the kings when a king would die? Uh, one part of the celebration, not celebration, but uh, one of the mourning aspects to it, they would burn the belongings, the possessions of the kings. So we have a, a teaching from the, from the, I think it's a Sifri, that teaches us that you're allowed to burn when the king dies, the Jewish king dies, we burn his possessions. And it's not something that we're imitating Darkei another way of saying the ways of the Goyim. Because so, if it was so, how could we do it? It would be Isura because we're copying, mimicking the Goyim. So Ella says the Gemara, Keva and Dichtiv Serifa Beoraita. This is the main point. Since the Torah tells us, right? We have a place in Yirmiyahu. The Oraita here is referring also to it. Nach. Since we have a Mikor in the Torah, in the Tanakh, we are not learning from the Goyim. So remember this Gemara. This is the first Gemara that we come across the concept of there's no prohibition of doing something when we can find the base for it in the Torah. However, now, different, a few Mesechtot later, we have in the Gemara in Avodah Zarah, actually it's the Mishnah, it talks about the holidays of the Goyim, where you're not allowed to do business with them in Eretz Yisrael for three days before, in Chutzah, it's one day before, or on the day of Michilva. So it talks about the different holidays. And one of it, it says, V'yom Haledah, V'yom Amitah, the day, the birthday of a king and the death of a king, the day that he dies. The rabbis say, no. Only when they burn stuff on that day, then you have but if they don't burn on that day, then there's no idolism being happening at that at that event, and therefore it would be okay. So now, the Gemara goes on and discusses this machloket between Hahamim and Rabbi Meir. So, Michlad de Rabbi Meir Savar Loshna Mita Sheish Baserifa Veloshna Mita Sheim Baserifa Palhebal Abodeko Havim. Right? So, Rabbi Meir, right, he says, you're not allowed to participate in these days or do business with the Goyim on these days, regardless if they're burning things or if they're not burning things. It's going to be Asur no matter what. So, the Gemara says, Alma, so it deducts from here, deduces Serifa Lav Hukahi. So, we see that burning. Is not the the hukah here, right? That the burning is not the problem. It's rather the fact that you're celebrating on that day. And from the fact that the rabbi said, right? The rabbi said when there's serifa there, then there's avodazara. So they hold serifa hukahi that the burning itself is the the hukah is the, the problem, and therefore we're not allowed to do it. But the gemara says Remember, we just brought that in the gemara in Sanhedrin. You're allowed to burn for the king, for the Jewish kings. It's not a problem. It's not copying the goyim. 
And the Gemara says, And if it was a chok, how could we do it? So here the Gemara gives a very different answer than what we had before in the Gemara in Sanhedrin. So it says here, Everybody agrees that when you're burning, that's not a chok. Rather, when you are burning, it is just something that is done for the hashivut, for the kavod, for the, the simple understanding of hashivut. That means you're doing it for the hashivut of the king, and therefore that's not a problem. So we don't have to get more into this Gemara, but you see the basic differences. The Gemara Sanhedrin says the reason why it's not a problem is because the Torah talks about it before. Why are we allowed to you know, cut the head off with a sword, according to uh, Hachamim? It's because... We already have it predated in the Torah that they would do this, that they would cut in this fashion. Just like also for the Serefa, we find a pasuk in Yirmiyahu. However, the Gemara in Abura Zara says a different answer. Since it's done for hashivut, it's done for importance, it's done for kavod, for honor, for glory, then it would be okay. So Tosafot, Kiddarko, like his, his, uh, his fashion, he sees these two Gemarot. And he sees that there's a contradiction, right? Because look at the Tosafot in Rabbi Zara. He says, Tema, my kaparich dilma leolam hukahi, right? He says, I don't understand why are we asking, my kaparich dilma leolam hukahi. Perhaps it's a hook, but since it's written in the Torah, it's not going to be a problem. He's asking on the Gemara of Zara. Why didn't the Gemara of Zara give the same answer that they give in Sanhedrin? That's pretty much what he's saying. Why does it talk about you know, oh no, we have uh, it's hashivuta here. Just talk about no, we have a pasuk. So Tosafot comes up. It's it's really the Piresh Hari, the uh, the Ri, the Bale Tosafot. He gives a chiluk between two types of chukim, right? And this is uh, you know tzveidin. This is the classic uh, answer for contradictions in the Gemarot. And this is, I don't know if anybody was with the class that we gave on Shittat Rabbeinu Tam on Shabbat. You know, there's also similar. There's a stira in the Gemarot. In Gemara and Shabbat, it talks about the time for from when the sun goes down until it's nighttime. It's only three-fourths of the meal. That's what the Gemara says in Shabbat. But then if you go to Gemara in Sahim, it talks about the time from sunset all the way till nighttime. It says it's four meal. So how do we deal with that? So he says there's two types of sunsets, right? So similar here, we're going to have the same shita, the same approach, taking two different gemarot and trying to make shalom between them. So he says, Perushri, the tre gavne There's two types of hukim. There is one type that they do as a hok. It's a rule for the sake of idol. For, for the sake of idols. And there's another type that they do just for stupidity. It's just something that they do. They eat turkeys on a day. That's, there's not, uh, nothing really for Avodah Zarah, but it's just a stupid thing that they do. So there, that is the different types that he does. And therefore he says, And here in our Gemara, they are dealing with a case where it's a hook for avodat kochavim, and that's why you 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 need to. Let me see what I'm talking about. 
ואחי בשמתי, מה היא לי באוטו? Maybe it's going off the other gemara. ואחי במשמעות, מה היא לי באוטו חוק שעושים לשם אבות כוכבים? ואחי פירושו, רבי מאיר סבר שרפה לאו חוקה היא לעבוד כוכבים. לאחי פריך והיא חוקה לעבוד כוכבים, מנה נכי סרפינן והא כתיב בחוקתם לא תלכו. ואחר כך דתכתיב באורייתא יש לאיסור כיוון שלהם הוא חוק לעבוד כוכבים, דומי ידיים דמצבק. All things are asur, but when the Torah tells us something, then it's okay only if it's something that's not done for Avodat Kochavim. If it's not done to serve idols, then it's going to be okay if we can find somewhere in the Torah that allows it. But if it's something for, let's say it's something for Avodat Zarah, and the Torah talks about it, which it wouldn't, then it doesn't matter. Since it's done for Avodah Zarah, since the Goyim do it for Avodah Zarah, we cannot mimic that no matter what. Only things that are done for shitut, for dumb stupidity things, eating turkey on Thanksgiving, then we are allowed to copy them if we can find somewhere, one pasuk that says that you're allowed to eat turkeys or that the Jews were eating turkeys. There's some type of mikor somewhere. So those are the chilukim he's giving. You know, you can plug it back in after and do some yun on this. And... And uh, he, he, he brings a mikor for this. He says, for example, even the matseva, we're not allowed to make these type of, I don't know the proper English word for a matseva, but this type of uh, rock or area that, you know, they would do for Avod Zarah. And even though the Avot used to do it, since it was done for Avodat Kohavim, for Avod Zarah, says Tosafot, we're not allowed to do it. And Hashem actually says it's Asur. You're not, you open up Mishra Torah, you open up the Alakha, you're not allowed to make a Matzeva. Right? Even if you're doing it for the sake of Hashem. So he says, ah, you see, I, you have precedence for what I'm saying. You have the fact that the Torah tells us something that the Avod used to do. But at the same time, since the Goyim started doing it for their ways, therefore we can no longer do it anymore. So again, only when you have things that are done for Shetut, and the goyim do it, like eating turkeys, then you could do it if you can find a pasuk. If you can't find a pasuk, no. So this is the, the basis for the most extreme opinion of when I say the most extreme, meaning the one, the most prohibited, the one that pretty much makes almost everything asur if you can't find a pasuk. Because according to this Tosafot, if you can't find a mikor anywhere in the Tanakh, you can no longer do it. Not only that, it sounds for him that even if you find a mikor, if the Goyim start doing it for Avodah Zarah, we should also make it Asur, perhaps. And we're going to see that. That's, uh, uh, for example, you know, on Shavuot, there was a minhag to put flowers and trees in the Bit Knesset for Shavuot. But then, since the Christians started doing that for their holidays, you have many post like the Gaon de Vilna says, no, we're not allowed to do that anymore. So, it's all based off this. According to Stosafot, again, almost everything, if there's n- no matter what the reason is, if you can't find a mikor for it, goodbye, Charlie. You cannot do that goyish custom anymore. All right, if you want to see here the Hukmat Adam, he just gives a nice sikum of the Shita of Tosafot, and he's posek like that as well. The Gra as well. So the Gra, he, he says, that according to the Gra's post, the Gaon de Vilna is posek like this Tosafot. And he says, uh, ah, how do we now read in the Gemara of Ela Hashibutahi? Right? Because the Gemara says it's Hashibutahi. That sounds like it's for kavod, but according to Safot, you know, he doesn't care about kavod. He says, Lav It's not like what the Ram we're going to see soon. Ela lomar hok 
Rather, it was a hook that they would do. And therefore, since it wasn't for Avodah we can find, since we have a Mikor in the Torah, it's okay. So that's, you know, it's very hard to read it, but that's how the Balet Tosafot learned. Hashivut Right, okay. So I just wrote a little sikkum here because I, I started writing a little tishupa, so I just copied and pasted from what I wrote. So the Ran, he has a different approach. He says, "Shelo asra Torah ela hukot shel kohavim elu devarim shel hevel ubatela." Right? He says the Torah when it says that's only prohibiting things that are done because of hevel ubatela. There's no reason to it. It's stupidity. And it's done for the sake of Avodah Zarah. So it has to be two things. Dumb, and it's done for Avodah Zarah. So they re- they dress in a certain way for the sake of their gods. And they're, okay, then you can't do it. But anytime you have something that's reasonable, it's okay. Right? The reason behind it is we burn... Uh, they were burning it for the kavod of the kings. And that's it. Very simple. He's learning the pashup shat of the Gemara. Hashivutahi, it's kavod. There's a reason. Once there's a reason, ah, it's okay. The, the Rivash as well. The Rivash, he's talking about, uh, this is actually interesting, a, a minhag that the Ishmaelim would do at the at the seven days after somebody passes away. They would go every day to the kever and say something. And the Jewish people started copying this custom. And... Somebody is asking him, like, what are we going to do about this? So he says, uh, even though they're going to do it, it's not asur mishum mori she'im banu lomar ken, because if we're going to be like this, if we're going to say it's asur, ne'esor ha-hefsed, even doing a hefsed, just a eulogy is going to be forbidden, because the obadei kochavim do it as well. So he's saying pretty much, if you're going to say, pretty much go with the approach of Tosafot, almost everything is going to be asur, because they're going to do everything. Uh, the Maharik as well. He says, uh, So he has a different thing. He wants a, it's his own shot. He says, and, and he says, is that anything that has pritsut, it has, you know, the it's something that's not modest and it's taking away from the tzniyut and, and also re- taking away from the anava because B'nai Israel, they're, they're very, they're humble people. That's going to be Asur. So it's it's hard to see this in the Gemarot that we just read, but this is what he says seems to him. And the post game, they actually use this for many things as well, for dressing in certain clothing, etc. Because if if there's a, a problem of Sniyut, it's a Isur of Behukotehim. So the Ran in Sanhedrin, it's interesting. If you go at the Gaon de Vilna, if you see it inside, he's he, he's pondered by the Ran, the Rivash, the Maharik, and believe it or not, the Rama on the Shulchan Aruch, he's going with those opinions. He's not going with Tosafot. He doesn't go like Tosafot. So he's not as as uh, Mahmir. But the Gaon de Vilna is saying, all these rabbis, you know, they have a stira. Tosafot the Re had a beautiful stira, a beautiful answer. You have one Gemara in Sanhedrin, one Gemara in Avorezara. And the only way to answer them, seemingly says the Gaon de Vilna, is according to the way that the, the, the Re answered it. So he's saying we have a, we we have to push them off and we have to be machmir, and that's why for even hishita, you know, you can't plant have trees or or different uh, flowers in during shavuot. However, I saw that the 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 run 
on the Gemara and Sanhedrin, which seems like the Gaon de Vilna didn't see it, he explains the exact reason of Hashibuta he is because of Tam. So he is learning Hashibuta is Tam. On the Gemara, we didn't find, I couldn't find anybody else besides the, the Iran and Rabinu uh, Yonah. I didn't bring it here. I didn't bring it. But they both hold on the Gemara, Hashivutahi is a simple pshat. It means Tam. So how do we answer the stira of Tosafot? Right? Tosafot asks this question. We have two different Gemarot. Again, one Gemara says it's because we have a pasuk in the Torah. And the other one says it's because Hashivutahi. So I was thinking when I was working on this sugiya a couple of weeks ago, it's very simple. It's the same thing. If the Torah tells you that they were doing something, that it, the Torah is allowing something, it's permitting something, obviously that means what? That it it's logical. It's not a problem. It's done for a logical reason. It's not a hook without any reason behind it. So therefore, it's okay. And therefore, the Gemara, the other Gemara, in Avorazara, once it says... Uh, it, it says Hashibutahi, then it's not a problem because because uh, because that's the exact reason as the Gemara said Hedrin. It's just telling you the reason why the other Gemara says it's okay. Again, one pasuk, one Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us it's okay because we have a pasuk. The other one says it's okay because it's logical. It's done for kavod, but they're the same thing. Just bringing from different mikorot. Right, we don't have to make a whole chiluk. Again, this is just a shita that I see the Ran, Rabbi Yona. They're learning Gemara very simply. Why make this whole Tzvedinim, two different chilukim in the Gemara? You don't have to do that. It's very simple. One is just talking about the Pasuk, and therefore the obvious reason why I brought a Pasuk is because it's logical. And that's it. And once you have that, that is the most, let's say, uh, permitting method of understanding this Gemara because. Only things that make no sense, or we're going to say things that would cause somebody to do Abu Zarah, that would be a problem. Anything else, you know, just because a goy wears a tie, or a goy wears a, does something, or he eats a turkey on a certain day, if there's no reason that's, will be, that ties that into Abu Zarah, then it would be okay. As long as it doesn't cause Abu Zarah. It's not something that they do, Mishum Abu Zarah. And that's the approach, uh, seemingly of the the Shuchan Aruch. That's the, the approach of the Rama as well, and not like all these other poskim that are, you know, we saw Rabbi Cohen, Rabbi David Cohen above. He's going with the Shitaf Tosafot. So, another big yesod in the sugya is which goyim are we talking about? When the Torah says what goyim are we talking about? So if you, there's three psukim, like I mentioned before. Right, so there in Vayikra, who is the goyim it's talking about? The goyim that I'm going to send from this land, meaning from Eretz Kenan, those goyim, the Shiva Amim, those are the goyim that you're not allowed to copy. Right, another pasuk, uh, it says, uh, You're going to go and you're going to inherit Don't go, be careful, don't follow them. Again, it's talking about specifically these goyim. And then another pasuk in Vaikra that we see it's talking about the Mitzrim. It connects the Mitzrim with the Sheva Amin. Right? It's like, don't do like the Mitzrim and Eretz Kenan. So it's grouping them together. But that's all we have in the Torah. The Torah is only talking about these specific people. So what about other of the Abu Zarah in other countries? 
who knows the the Celtics that were pretty much Halloween came from the Celtics or Celtics how you pronounce it. So Seferirim, Rabbi Eliezer Mimitz, he actually is posek like this. So he writes this in his when he's counting the mitzvot. He says in the he says the kasheri sirakatuv al maase shiva umot lehukotechem kach izir al maase mitzrim. So just like in warned us about the Shiva Amim, so too about the Mitzrim. Because there's a hekesh between them. It's connected. Like we just saw. So from the Sefer Yirim, and a lot of Hoskim bring this, it's only Asur for Mitzrim and the seven nations in Eretz Yisrael. And that's it. There's no other Isur from the Torah no, for any other nation besides these. However, we see the Sefer Achinuk. He says, He says, he brings down from the Psukim, that talking about the Shivamim, etc. And he says, for all Goyim as well. We're going to see, is that Goyim, like even if they're not over the Avodah Zarah? No, he says, no. The reason is because they also, you know, are disconnected from Hashem and they do Avodah Zarah and it's going to cause you to do that as well. So, you know, simply, of course, the Sefer HaChinuch is learning that it's specifically to all people who are over the Avodah Zarah. It's an Yisur. So now what about Christians, let's say, the Notzrim? The Christians, you know, everybody knows this Machloket. According to Harambam, Christians are over the Avodah Zarah. The fact that they believe in the Yashka Yeshu as a, as a god, that itself is Avodah Zarah. But we know you have other Rishonim and the Ramaz Posek like this. That's the Goyim, they don't have any Surah and Shituf, right? Since they believe in a Trinity and it's different parts, however you explain it, and there's a thousand other ways to explain it. Since they have that, that concept, for them it's okay. For us it's Asur, but for them it's okay. So therefore it's not, they're not considered of the Avodah Zarah. And therefore there's a lot of halachic, different nafkaminot, different uh, differences that you can be lenient with if you don't consider them to be of the Avodah Zarah. Right, there was even regarding we're going to see soon Muslims as well. It's a machlo, it was a machlo. The Rambam was the one, and as he get it to Tema and said that they're not told the Avodah Zarah. But there were other people that said, No, they tell you you have to convert because of Muhammad and I believe in say whatever they have to say. Maybe Yosef can tell me what they, exactly they have to say. Actually, don't say this is if if uh, you, if you say that that itself you have to be killed for that. And that's why the Rambam, his father as well, wrote a whole thing saying, No, it's not considered Avodah Zarah. But, anyways, so. The question is, so the Christians, are we allowed to copy what they're doing? Because for them, it's not considered Avodah Zarah. However, for us, it is. So the Melamed Le'oil, he writes that, he writes, he says, right? Most Puskim hold that Goim, they're allowed to have this, you know, trinity. Mikol makom For Jewish people, it's Hayav Mita, like all other Avodah Zarah. So therefore, it's going to be forbidden for us to copy Christian customs as well. The Rivash, we thought we brought him above, he held that that uh, they were talking about going to the Kever every day for the seven days after the person dies. And from the context, you could tell that he held the Yishma'alim also. There's a Yisur of copying the Yishma'alim. He held it's a sort to copy them, and only because it's done for a, a good reason, because it's for the kavod of the med. Ah, therefore, it's not a problem. 
but from the context of his teshuvah, he held that even copying the Ishmaelim is asur. However, you have, I didn't bring it here, but you have the Chida, you have uh, many, many poskim that hold by Ishmaelim, there's no problem. And they go so far to say that, of course, even though they, the way they dress it, you can copy the way they dress. Even I saw there's Hasidish rabbis, and a lot of uh, European rabbis, when they went to Eretz Yisrael, and they took upon the way that the Yushalmi Svaradim used to dress. You know, now it's pretty much like their Toldos Aaron or the their breast lovers, how they dress with that uh, kaftan and the, the brown one on top of it. You know, they held dafka to wear it because they some they 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 they, they have a mikor. They say, I come from, that's what Avar Mavinu used to wear. Of course, I don't know how they know that, but the, they, they're, they're saying that. So they hold that's okay to wear Muslim dress. It's not a problem. And especially the different things that are for Kavod, it's not a problem as well as well. So, you have different parameters of who it's going by. Now, the Harambam. The question is, especially for us in the Habura, what does the Rambam hold? Is it all Goyim or is it only only of the Avodah Zarah? So the Rambam, if you read the actual Kitveyad editions, you know, always in the, the printed editions, they would change the word Goyim to uh, of the Kohavim because for the Christians, etc. But the Rambam himself in the actual Kitveyad, he writes, En holchim goyim. You can't copy in all these different things that they do. And he says, And if you read the Abodat Melech, he's a Perush on the Rambam. He writes, And I'm going to separate you guys from this nation, from these nations. Right? We didn't read in the Rambam, but I think we should actually. It says, Let's go back to the Rambam. It's a big yesod in how to understand the Rambam. And this Rambam is so ambiguous that some people, you have, you have two different approaches in learning this Rambam. I'm going to read it again from the Rambam. You don't follow the ways of the Goyim. Don't mimic them. Not in the way they dress. Not in their hairstyles. And the similar. Okay, so three psukim, like we brought. Right, the Torah, it's all the same uh, Isur that it's warning us. We can't be similar to them. Rather, a Jew has to be, you know, the Rambam never calls a Jew a Jew. He says, Israel, we're all Israelis. Already, a Jew has to be separate from the Goyim. And noticeable in the way he dresses. In all his other mannerisms. Just like a Jew thinks differently in his, in his, uh, in his connection with Hashem and in his thought process and his midot, etc. So too, we have to be different in our actions and clothing and styles as well. And then he brings in here. So the Ram continues even further. Another pasuk. Hashem says, I'm going to separate you from the, the people. You're going to be different from them. Okay. So the Rambam, why did he go off again and write? Right before he's talking about, you know, lotase, lotase, lotase. And now he's saying, you know, oh, Hashem's saying, this is going to happen. You're going to be different. So the Abu Tatamelech. He catches on to that and he says, he says, It's extra. Completely. From the Rambam, Says the Abodat HaMelech, that it seems from the Rambam that 
the Isura Bechukotehim applies to all Goyim, no matter what. Even if they're not over Avodazara, right? Sounds like, like the Rivash, even Ishmaelim, it would be Asur to copy them because we have to be different than them. However, so I, I wanted to do some more research into this. If you notice, always in the beginning of the Rambams of the uh, of the, each Sefer, he, he counts the Minyan Mitzvot. And the Rambam himself wrote these. It's not somebody added them afterwards. The Rambam himself wrote these. And there he talks about the different mitzvot for that he's going to talk about here in Avodah Zarah. And he counts in 33, 34, 35. He writes, you can't make a, a covenant with them, uh, some type of uh, agreement with them. We can't have pity on them or we can't, uh, there's different uh, aspects of that. They're not allowed to dwell in our lands. We're not allowed to be similar in their ways and in their dress. So if you read this Rambam, he's clearly telling us when he's counting the mitzvot, it's going off of the Ovde Avodah Zarah. Who is Asur? Who is this Isur going off of? People that are Ovid Avodah Zarah. So therefore, it's very hard to read what the Avodah Tamelech is saying. That, oh no, it's the Rambam held is talking about all going. No, from the, the Rambam himself in the Minya Mitzvot, he tells us straight up, it's only going, it's it's a connection of the people that do Avodah Zarah. It's an, a continuation of the Halakha. And that's where the Rambam brought this down in Hilchot Avodah Kochavim, Avodah Zarah. And Sefer Mitzvot, the Rambam, of course, we all know that the Rambam wrote Sefer Mitzvot in Arabic. And there, I checked to see the original word he uses for this. The, the Rav Kafeh edition, he writes, We can't go in the ways of the Kofrim. And the word in Arabic is, I don't know how to pronounce it, Al-Kafar, Kofir, very similar. And there, I did a search, and everywhere the Ramam uses that word, and Rav Sad Yaga'on and other Gaonim in Arabic, they would use this word to refer to of the Avodah Zarah. That was a term used for Avodah Zarah. And therefore, you see the Rambam even in Sefer Mitzvot as well, saying that this is only going strictly on Ovdei Avodah Zarah. So we see from all this, from Alis Rambam, and besides the fact we saw from Sefer Yirim, uh, and we have uh, the Hinuch as well. So Sefer Yirim, all, it's only going by the people that the Torah specifically details, which are the Shevamim and the Mitzvim. Okay, but then we have the Hinuch and the Rambam that's going out all, all over the Avodah Zarah. And then we have other people, other shitot, that are saying that it's going off, even Yishmaelim, to an extent. But the poskim there, the modern poskim that I've seen, they hold by Yishmaelim, it's okay. And the Rambam we see as well, it's talking about only of the Avodah Zarah. Right? There's a whole other thing now. Now, now, this generation, we have something that they never had. We have secular people, or atheist people, people that don't believe in anything. So that would be seemingly probably like the Yishmaelim, for sure, or even better. In that regard. Fine. So... Another important topic to talk about this is what things are prohibited in this Hisur. So when you the way that we saw from the poskim from even Rav uh, the uh, the Mishnah Halachot that Rav Klein he's saying that even you know eating at a Chinese restaurant or Chinese kosher food restaurant is asur. You know how far do you go? The question is, is that what Chachamim told us? Is that what the poskim held of? So if you see in the Sefer Yudim from Eliezer Mimitz, he actually says, he says, a big yisod. Uh, 
וחכמים פירשו מה המעשים והחוקים שהורגלו לעשות לשם תורה שלהם. וחכמים, they were the ones that detailed to us what are the things that are forbidden to go and to do. ובתוספת, so in the Gemara, and ובתוספת as well, I put a link to the תוספת if you want to read that and just see and all the different things that the Gemara talks about. You know, it's even a machloket there in the תוספת, you know, if even saying God bless you after somebody sneezes, מרפה, is that דרכי מורים or not? Actually, the Gaon de Vilna, believe it or not, he tells you not allowed to say God bless you or say Marpe. You can't say Gazun to somebody who sneezes. Not only in the Beit Midrash. There it's a machlok in the Beit Midrash or not. He held that it's a sur. He goes with the Tanakama in the, in the Beraita there, if you check it out, in the Tosefta. So that's another raya when I was writing. I'm saying. The Tosafot, he wanted to make this whole chiluk, this whole chidush about there's two types. Only if the Torah tells us it's okay for things that are done for shtut. But you see in the Tosefta, that there's all these different things, and Hachamim allowed them, even though there's no place in the entire Tanakh that says it's okay. So that's a very strong question against Tosafot. But regardless, so Sefer Yirim, he says, the Tosefta, what we have in the Gemara, that's what the Hachamim counted or told us, detailed to us, that are Asur, because of this Sisur. Kol ma they were the ones that had misura of what is considered to be part of the sisur. And he says, importantly, We are not allowed to make new things and say, oh, we're not allowed to do it because of hukotehim. No, only hachamim have the misura. Pretty much, hachamim either accepted or we're going to see that the Beit Yosef, the case of Misha, he wants to say that the Torah gave the authority to the hachamim to decide what's going to be consist- considered the sort of hukotehim. So already from the Sefer Yerim, you can't come and say, you know, Thanksgiving or dressing a certain way or doing something is going to be, or eating Chinese food is going to be Asur because, you know, only what the Hahamim counted. It was had to be something with the Hahamim, either because they had a Kabbalah, like I said, or because they had the authority. And nowadays we don't have the authority and therefore, you know, it wouldn't be a problem. Sefer Mitzvah the Gadol as well. He also says... Uh, he counts as well the the smag sefer smag that it has to be a kabbalah from them and the Beit Yosef the Beit Yosef in the the Shulchan Aruch and the Beit Yosef he writes he has a question he says we see that many people are not machmir to do the things that the Tosefta says if you go look at the Tosefta you see all the things he says people aren't so machmir with this so he says he makes them in lamid zechut he says v'shema mashma lehu perhaps these people that are they're not so strict with all these things that the Tosefta says. Perhaps, maybe these people that are mekel with all these things from the Tosefta, it's because they hold that only what the Gemara said, that's a sur. Everything else, no. The Tosefta is not halakha. Because if that wasn't the case, then the Gemara wouldn't have been quiet. The Gemara should have brought it, you know, there with this opinion, they hold that the Gemara is all-encompassing and anything in the Gemara, that's the final word. And if they didn't bring it in the Gemara, we don't have to follow that. right? So many postgames actually go with this Bet Yosef. The Ben Ishai, Rabbi Yosef, and the different Tishuvot, they're all going with this Bet Yosef. However, it's not so simple because the Bet Yosef here is doing just a Melamed Zechut. Right? And this is a big point of contention all the time in the Beit Yosef. For example, does the Beit Yosef allow people to use an Eruv, the, the Eruv of Surat HaPetach around the city? You know, on one, on one hand, he owns like the Rambam. In another place, he writes down that the women, that they carry their jewelry or they, they wear jewelry on Shabbat, even though they're not supposed to, it's because they hold 
nowadays, Shema, he's the same type of Lashon, similar, that perhaps because they hold that nowadays we don't have a Rishut Rabin. He goes like Tosafot opinion, that only 600,000 Jews makes a, a place for Eru. So again, it's a whole Machlub. What does Maran Shuchan hold? So to hear too, the, the Ben Yishai and Ravadi are saying, no, this is what Maran holds. Although, although seemingly here, it's just the Menam is a Chuti saying for them. Fine, I already brought that submission. Okay, so now, what about nowadays? Nowadays, where things have changed. So we didn't go into the history of Thanksgiving and the history of Halloween. And the, I'm sure maybe in, in England, you guys have also uh, holidays similar to these type of things. Um, we didn't go into the history of it. And you could do it on your own time. Sorry, I don't, I'm, not so, I'm not a bucky about it. Halloween, I did a little bit more research on. But for let's say for Halloween, it started off as, as a Celtic holiday for pagan for their pagan gods why because during the winter time it, it just became winter it gets darker and then all the harvests start to die so they're like wow this is spooky stuff there must be some evil spirits something's going on during this time so in order to to kind of you know make shalom and you know uh give uh, korbanot to these uh these ghosts and spirits and demons they would actually bring food and the nicest harvest and leave it outside the house and give it to them. And then it slowly evolved that, okay, instead of actual spirits and leaving the food for the spirits, kids would come and dress up as spirits and then go and uh, collect foods from people's houses. And then when all the Celtics and all these people became Christians, what happened is that the Christians, the, the early Catholic Church, the 1200s, they, what they said is, what well, their, 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 their um, tactic for doing Kiruv is they would take these non-Jewish holidays, these pagan holidays, and Christianize them by saying, okay, look, you guys like that, you do that, no problem. Let's make it a day of the saints. And then I forgot what it's called, but it was a day of the saints and the same practices, but make it a Catholic thing. But then you evolve hundreds of years later, and now completely changed. Now people dress up, they don't dress up, kids aren't dressing up as spirits. They're dressing up as uh, Mickey Mouse and whoever they want to dress up as. And people are, you know, decorating their house, which is something never was done before. They're decorating it as spooky houses for fun. And they're giving out candies, which is wasn't done before. Before they used to do, you know, give actually the best produce of their harvest to these uh, to these uh, demons that they thought. So it really evolved completely. So how do we look at it? Is it, oh no. Assuming we're not going like with uh, the opinions before the Beit Yosef and everybody else said, it's only what Hahamim counted. And we're going to copy, we're just going to say that applies, you know, to all things that the Goyim do. Okay, so it started off with something of Zarah, but it changed now to something that's not Zarah. It's completely secular. Not one person in America, if you ask them, you do this because of Zarah, they're not going to say no. Even you ask Christians, many, I saw some Christians, they don't do it because it has pagan sources in it. So nobody is doing Halloween because of you know, what is that? And nobody's doing Thanksgiving nowadays because of, you know, let's say if you want to say that the early pilgrims in the early 17th century, they were, you know, very religious Christians and they wanted to make a day. And even the turkey thing, nobody knows what, uh, they don't know what they were eating back then. The turkey was just, is a very common food in America and it's good for when you have a feast of a lot of people, you have a big bird instead of a small chicken. And so they would give up the turkey. Nobody knows the Mikor for this. So what about nowadays when things could be, were started off by goyim or pagan practices but they evolve into secular holidays right so we saw above this uh, actually i don't know if i brought it but Haramban quoted the sifri is that the whole point the whole isur the tam ta'amadikra is because shema tidamelehem you're going to be like them and you're going to come to do like them 
right? If you start copying the way they dress and the certain things that are prohibited, then you're going to start copying them and you're going to actually come to serve their gods. So obviously, if we're just going to go based off reason, if nowadays nobody is doing these holidays because of Avodah so even if you're copying them, it's not going to lead to the prohibition that the Torah wanted us to, right? So therefore, there would be no Yisur for that. You have uh, the run as well. Same thing. He says, Perhaps a person can be drawn to do the, these things and therefore you're going to do it. So again, the same reason applies. Now the Bach, he actually says, you know, all the things that the Hahamim counted, and like we saw that according to many Shittot, only if they have a Misora, that's what uh, they've received in the Kabbalah or the Hahamim or Posek, those things that are Asur, he says that even if nowadays they don't apply Pretty much nobody's doing them for Avodah Zarah anymore. Like, for example, certain haircuts that the Gemara talks about is Asur. Or, uh, yeah, let's say growing a mohawk. Or you're like uh, the hair in the back, just long, straight. So even if nobody is doing that nowadays for Avodah Zarah, still Asur because that's what the Hahamim already counted. And we can't change that. So from the back, it's mashma. Things that the Hahamim didn't count, then it would be be okay if the mitziut, if the situation changed. Right? This is not like the Hatam Sofer talks about interesting sh- clean shaving. Right, the Before, in Europe, uh, before, that's like three, four hundred years ago, nobody was doing clean shaving. Everybody had, you know, okay, they would maybe cut their beard with scissors, but they weren't doing clean shaving at all. Only probably until the powder came up and it would burn stuff off your face, burn off the hairs off your face. Then, okay, people started doing that. So the the, the, the Hatam Sofer wanted to deal, is that considered by you shaving your hair, your beard, is that considered... Uh, you transgress him because that's the Goyish way of shaving. The Rambam himself actually talks about in Hilchot uh, that that's how the Kumrim, the 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 priest, even the Christian priests, they you know they cut their hair a certain way and they had clean shaving, and therefore there's some type of you know we don't do that. So the the Hatam Sofer says no. We're since it's a minhag already accepted that people are clean shaven. We're going to be tole. We're going to say. Ah, it must have been, it was started off beheter and we were doing it before they did it and we're not copying them. But again, it, it implies that if they did it first and we started copying from them and even though it's not anymore practice for Abu Zara, it still be Asur. So you have different, uh, different shitot. I, I, the Turkey thing is a very, about the Misra for Turkey, I wanted to talk about that, but it's just going to be another hour. It's even maybe more along Sugiya. So maybe next Thanksgiving, we'll talk about the Turkey. But in general, just to do a little Sikum, is that we see from the Gemara, the parameters of were very strict to things that are similar to Avodah Zara. And Tosfot wanted to give an answer that creates a prohibition for anything that going do without, you know, that's just done for shtut. And therefore, a Jew cannot copy it at all. But we saw other opinions holding, no, there's no really stira. And it's just the Gemara is, you know, two different Gemara looking at two different ways, but the same exact answer, just saying it and expressing it in two different ways. And based off that, that allows us to be able to, you know, do normal things that, Let's say, you know, living in America, it's wearing a, you know, you're cold, so you wear a sweater. Okay, ah, but Goyim also wear a sweater. Ah, okay, ah, it doesn't matter. Since there's a good reason for it, then it's going to be okay. And the Rambam as well, the Rambam, we, let's say we're going with the Rambam. All this is only going off of people that are over Avodah If people don't do Avodah there's no Yisur to copy them. 
because it's not going to lead to that type of Yisur that we that the Torah doesn't want us to do. And just to, I I didn't talk about this, but even if you read the Rambam, although the Rambam starts off the halacha very general, and it sounds like you know, and I saw there's some post scheme that say according to the Rambam, you know, Jewish people have to have their own dress, their own style of clothing. But the Rambam, in my opinion, dati, is that he's starting with a very general introduction to it, and then he's going to pretty much go and tell you point by point what does it mean this haircut that you can't have the same hair as them. So he tells us what type of hair you can have. Everything he tells us, he tells us exactly. The only thing is he doesn't tell us about the clothing, what type of clothing. And you can give different answers, perhaps because you know nobody was wearing this clothing anymore. So therefore, the Rambam couldn't t- t- talk about it because he doesn't know what the type of clothing of the of the Abarazara was. Well, that's a different uh, topic. But in the end, you know, especially nowadays when when you're doing something, sec- it's a secular holiday where there's no religious beliefs behind it. Then there's definitely a big reason to allow it, since you know, again, number one. It's not something brought down from in the Tosefta or the Gemara. And we saw the Beit Yosef says it has to be at least in the Gemara or the Tosefta. Number two, it's by secular people. And those are Goyim that are not over the Vazara. And number three, it's just, it's it's not done for anything. So, you know, if there's any questions, uh, we'll talk about it. But uh, I'm not going to go into the whole history of Turkey because that's a, a long one. I apologize for the false advertising. If people came... Because of the, they wanted to hear about Turkey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much, Racham, for that incredible presentation. If anyone has any questions, comments, they can unmute, raise their hand, or write in the chat box. Um, yeah. yeah, I see that, uh, Mr. Well, Robert. I'll say that I want to hear about Turkey and I don't want to have to wait until next year. Oh, <laughs> okay. In, so, in as soon general, as possible would be appreciated. Oh, yeah. A, a little kitsur of Turkey, if you guys want. I mean, no, I'm, I'm saying it's an it is an entire shiur. I'm just saying I don't want to have to wait a whole year for it. So <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you can expedite yeah, that, yeah. it would be appreciated. Yeah, in 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 simple, I actually Rabbi Slifkin he does every couple of years. He does like a feast of biblical creatures or creatures, whatever it's called. I forgot what it's called. And he wanted to serve peacock this year. So peacock is something that the Gemara talks about. Tavas. It's in the Gemara. It's in the Tanakh as well. But nobody really was eating it in Europe for many, many years. You have some in Morocco, they have some some traditions that we hear that people were eating it. And in Italy, we have uh, some Sfarim that they wrote it down. They even drew pictures of it. But there's no real active misura nowadays of eating turkey. The only rabbi I know is my own rabbi who actually did shechted the turkey in New York uh, in his community and he ate it. But... The question is, is do, you, does, does, do birds need a misura? So it's all really based off one Rashi that says a bird needs a misura because since we're not baki in knowing what's considered to be dores or not, we're not allowed to eat that, eat, the, eat those birds. Let me back up a little bit. The Gemara says, you know, the Torah says there's 24, around 24 birds that are prohibited to eat. It doesn't talk about what is kasher. Like other, like the animals, it tells us what are the simanim that are kasher. But by the birds, it just tells us these birds you can't eat. It doesn't tell us the birds that we can eat. So already in the time of Hazal, they didn't have any, uh, they didn't, they forgot all these birds, what the 24 birds were. 
maybe most people forgot. I don't know if everybody forgot, but they didn't know these 24 birds. Oh, maybe only experts knew about him. And therefore, Hahamim developed a system to give us that would allow us to just see a new bird without any tradition and test to see if it's a kosher bird or not. And it's pretty much three or four simanim. So one siman is if it has a zefik. Zefik, how do you say that in English? Uh, the, the crop, right? If it has a crop, which is a extra little area and right when it swallows to store some food. If it has that, that's one siman, it's kasher. Another siman the Gemara talks about, the Gemara Hachamim gave us, is if it's uh, the it has a klaf beyan. It has a extra stomach on the bottom that you can peel off the outer layer with your nail. It's very easy to peel. And then the third siman was that it has etzba an extra finger. So besides the the uh, three laws, let's say it has one. According to Rashi, it's one coming from the back, and that's the accepted, pretty much accepted one. It has a fourth finger from the back like you just look at your chicken or whatever um so this this simanim that hahamim gave us seemingly if you check and you have these three simanim it should be okay uh and the other thing is of course the animal cannot be dores what does it mean dores simple shot is that you know it can capture a bird with its feet and it eats it it's a it's a it's a how do you say a hunter bird you know it's a it, uh, I forgot the proper English word to say, but it's dores. It goes and attacks the the birds. A bird of prey. A bird of prey. Yes, exactly. A bird of prey. So, according to Chachamim, if it has those three simanim, it's okay, hundred percent. Rashi says that according to again, there's different ways to learn this. According to Rambam, sounds like even one out of the three simanim, simanim is okay, uh, as long as you know it's not dores. Uh, the question and and to be dores, the Ramam says it's not a problem. You could see is a bird a, a bird of prey or not. But Rashi, he comes and says it all started this whole misor thing because of a Rashi. One Rashi. Rashi says we don't know how to check if a bird is dores or not. We're not so sure. So therefore, we only eat bir- a bird bimisoret. We need to have a tradition if the bird's okay. So the question with turkey is is that there's no tradition because it's a new world world bird it came from america just like there was no you know there was no corn before they discovered america in europe and all those other lands you know there's also many different you know buffalo or bison you know bison is a native animal to america to the us to north america you know these are things that didn't have in the old world so there's obviously no tradition so the problem was is that Maybe like 200 years after the Spaniards brought birds to Europe, turkeys to Europe, it started spreading all over Europe and the Jewish communities were eating it. But then 200 years later, maybe 100 years, 200 years later, all these rabbis, these early achronim or gedolei achronim in Europe, they started, they started asking themselves, wait, why are we eating turkey? How is this mutar? It's not, there's no tradition to it. And we go like Rashi and the Shulchan Aruch as well. He holds like that Rashi. The the there's the the, the Shuchanar has one exception that he brings from Rav Zerachia Halevi, the 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 Rav Zerachia Halevi. He writes that we have a tradition that if it has like uh, the the feet look like 
a like the the bird of a like a duck and it, the beak looks like a duck then it's kosher like if it walks like a duck it talks like a duck it's a duck it's kosher that's what Rav Zerachia Levi says and the Mirror Gadol and the the Shulchan Aruch is posect like that opinion but the Darke Moshe the Ramah is even against that opinion say no we're not so mech on that and this is all based off of a Rosh it's very interesting it's a fun sugiya to get into but the Rosh you know he moved to, from Germany to Sfarad and in Sfarad they were eating certain birds the, the stork I think it was called and there they were eating that bird and the Rosh you know they asked him is this bird okay he's like no don't be so mech on what these people do here Sfaradim you know, us from Europe, we have the best tradition and we don't, de- we don't follow, we don't, we're not so mech on this uh, misorah that they have. And obviously they didn't have a misorah, but the Sfaradim in general, they were going like the Rambam, they're going like the simple Pshat the Gemara that, you know, you see the Simanim and that's enough. So the the, the thing with Rashi is, is that he held you, that even the non-kosher birds, the 24 birds could actually have all three Simanim. The only thing that tells you if it's kosher or not is if it's not Dores. And since we don't know if it's Dore, it's a bird of prey or not, therefore, says Rashi, we need a Masora because it's hard to tell. So this is what started the entire thing, just this Rashi. But even if you read the Rashi, I brought, if, I, if, you, if you guys text me, you can ask for my number from Mohad in uh, Rabbi Sifkin, I helped him write this thing about the, the, the um, Tavas, the um, peacock. And in there, you see that Rashi himself in other places, the Masorah for Rashi is not so complex. It's not like a Masorah that you need for Moshe Rabbeinu. The, the, according to the Rashi, if you have a person that says, yes, I ate this bird before, that's enough. Or if you have an expert, a Rav, that's enough as well. So it's not so complex to have this Masorah according to Rashi. But somehow we made it very complex. So besides the fact, are we even posek like Rashi? Right? The Ramban, Nachmanides, he had a problem with this Shita of Rashi, and he is himself said, you know what, I'm going to go and test the theory. Is it true that you need to have, that these non-kosher birds have all three simanim? So he went and he talks about, he says, although we don't know all 24 birds that are Asur, we know for sure we have a misora for a few of them. For example, he says the eagle, everybody agrees it's Asur. We know that that is one of the 24 birds. We know which one, the Neshe. We know that's for sure Asur. So he actually went, this is beautiful, he went outside and he went and tested, you know, the Torah. He wanted uh, to test to see what is a proper psak in halacha. Right? We find this in Gemara, I think it was Rava, that Rav, he went out and learned how to be a Ro'e Bakar for six months so he can know what's a mum over, what's not a mum. You know, the, the Hachamin, they weren't just living in the Beit Midrash. They go outside as well, in the real world, to see what's the halacha and investigate using the best methods they have. So he actually went and he shechted some, of course, not to eat, but he opened up, he dissected eagles and other non-kosher birds that he knew were non-kosher. And when he dissected them, he saw that all of them, the ones that he found, they do not possess all three simanim. At most, maybe one, maybe. But they didn't possess all three. So he says, what can we do? He has a beautiful lashon. He says, what can we do? Our eyes see that this is not the case. The halakha is not like Rashi. And therefore, the halacha is like Rav Moshe ben Yosef, which was, he was a chief rabbi, let's say, of Narbona, uh, one of the big hachamim. He said that, you know, the, the non-kosher birds do not have all three simanim. So once you go with that, then it's very simple. You can check an animal, see the three simanim, or if it has the three simanim, it's not dores. You know, it's not dores, it's kasher. It's the easiest way to check. 
And that's what they say, my Rabbi, Rabbi Ben-Chaim. That's what he did. He was somech on that. For the eating the tavas, the peacock, he just said, oh, listen, I we don't posek. He held Sfarah-wise. It doesn't make sense to be posek like that opinion of the, the Rosh and Rashi because we know it's not the truth. You know, we have empirical evidence for it that it's not the truth. But regardless, let's say even if you want to say like Rashi, the problem is, and we're posek like the Rama, the Ashkenazi posek the Rama. How do you eat turkey if we don't have a Misra? It's a new world bird. So the answers that people give are unbelievable. I mean, first of all, most Akronim, you see, they thought that the turkey did not come from America. It came from Hodu, from India. And that's why it's called the Hodu, you know. They thought the bird came from India. And you even write, they, they even write the Kafahayim. The Kafahayim in the 1800s, he's writing that, yes, we heard that the Jews from India have a misorah for Turkey and they eat it and therefore we eat it as well. They write this all over the place. But it was completely mistaken because, you know, they didn't have, the uh, Indians didn't have any Turkey. <laughs> and maybe the, the, the other Indian, the Native Americans. So, and then another, <laughs> another I saw in Sefer Sihat Hulin. He is a big baki in uh, Shechita. He writes, he writes that he was afraid to write this, but he wrote it anyways. He says, it must be that the Spaniards, when they went to America, they met some of the lost tribes, the Jews that were lost from the Toshvatim, and they had a misra for Turkey, and therefore that's why we eat it. But, <laughs> you know, this is this is based off like Mormon philosophy. You know, the Mormons hold that Joseph Smith, he met some of these lost Jews. And uh, the, these Indians, the Native Americans, were really the lost Jews. And they're our brothers in, uh, you know, from the from Eris Israel. But that's obviously already, that's been proven completely wrong. In the more, you have Mormons going off the derech all the time because, you know, they have genetic testing. And they're like, oh my gosh, whoa. They were never, they never stepped in the Middle East ever. <laughs> they have zero, you know, genetic identification that relates them to Israel. So again, that's uh, very preposterous. Rabelsky has a very nice... Uh, reason why but the the best the main reason why many ashkenazim allow it nowadays is because although the rashi said you need a masoret to see if it's dores if it's a a bird of prey or not many poskim they say that if we see after a few generations you know we're growing turkeys and it's not dores that's enough what rashi was specifically talking about that you need a masoret is again masoret according to rashi is not so strict it's just you know we're trustworthy people do they say it's kosher okay then you can eat it but regardless if you're growing turkeys and you see for you know 10 20 years that the turkey is not being dores it's not going in you know a bird of prey that's enough that's according to rashi some hold that we don't possess like rashi some ashkenazim we're saying we don't possess like rashi others say no even if we possess like rashi it's not a problem because rashi was just talking about when you're you know, you're traveling and you're on vacation. You're, oh, bird, I'm hungry. There's a bird. You don't know. Okay. Okay. That you need a Masora for. But if you're raising them, domesticating them, you see them for many years, that they're not being Dores, then that would be okay according to Rashi as well. Uh, there are a few Ashkenazi Rwanim that don't eat it. I mean, the the, the I think it was the Shla Kadosh, his family, the Horowitz family, they don't eat it. Rav Kamenetsky from Philadelphia, they don't eat it. I think Rav Schechter from YU doesn't eat Turkey as well. But uh it's uh, it's it's not so simple. It's really a, it's a very interesting machloket based off you know are you going to allow empirical evidence to decide your halacha when it goes against your tradition of going with a certain opinion? And the fact is is that the Ramban proved it, and that's the you know how can you argue with that? But that that's the the crux of it. So yeah, enjoy your turkey and.
in London. <laughs> yeah. I see another yeah. question. Oh, Yoshua. Since Thanksgiving is celebrated by most Christians in the States by preceding the feast with a blessing to the, oh yeah, would it be forbidden under Marit Ein for you to do the same feast? Interesting. I didn't know that. That uh, I mean, Christians do that every before every meal. So therefore, you know, I would apply the same question. You know, can we even eat a meal now because the Christians do it for our So I don't think we'll go that far. The main thing is that, you know, you look outside, people are off celebrating Thanksgiving because secular reasons. They don't care about, you know, the reason why we celebrate Christ- uh, Thanksgiving. People don't even know the reason why. It's not so clear even in, in the history, history books. So therefore, I don't think it's a, it's a problem. Alrighty, guys. Anything else? No. Sorry, I think you were going to end it then. But one quick question from me: um, If something was permitted by the Bavli, or even better, by the the Torah, and it fell out of practice, but was then adopted by the Goyim as a practice which they do, and we no longer do. Would that be considered um something? I'm obviously thinking Hishtakavaya or something yeah. along those lines. And so, yeah, would any of the opinions that we read forbid Hishtakavaya today because of Hukhatagoyim? Right, exactly. That's a very good point. As the second you mentioned that, that's what also popped in my brain as well, the Hishtakavaya. Because, um, of course, you know, that's the, according to the Talmudic law. And Harambam, let's say, you know, when you are doing the Amida and you're saying the five bowings, you know, you are actually supposed to do go on your knees. You're supposed to go like Shlomo Amelech did, go on your knees. That's the, the halakha. And nobody knows why we don't do it nowadays. You know, <laughs> even I think Rav Kafech, he they asked him in a Teshuvah, like, how come we're not doing it? He's like, I have no clue. You know, so Haram, Rabbin Avram ben Rambam. He talks a lot about it. He was really trying to already, you know, in Mitzrayim, the Jewish community stopped doing Hishtahavaya. Uh, uh, again, you have Kiryan and Hishtahavaya, two different types. But he was trying to promote it and bring it back again. And here, there, he actually writes in his Teshuvot that, you know, there, who cares if the Goyim are doing it, the Muslims are doing it. It's not a problem. You know, we're doing it first. Who cares? And we we saw, you know, the simple Pshar of the Gemara is, even if the Goyim are doing it, since we find them according to the Torah, it's okay. Especially, you know, you know, this is throughout the Torah, Hishtahavaya, it's all over the place. Um, it wouldn't be a problem. Like, the, from the Gaon de Vilna, sounds like it would be a problem because he held, you know, since the Christians are doing this something with the tree, therefore we shouldn't do it either in our synagogues as well. But, uh, you know, you, the, the, I don't know if you saw it, Rabbi uh, Yosef, but you can see from uh, Rabbi Ravram and Ramam, you can remind me, I can send it to you, the Teshubah, that he talks about. It doesn't matter that the, he writes explicitly exactly what you're saying. It doesn't matter that they go and do it. They copy it. We did it before, and it's right. And if it's right, it's right. Who cares? I mean, I, I, his shita was you, you could even copy good things that they do. You know, it's not considered who Because if it has tam, the varshat tam, it's not a problem at all. I think we, we skipped over um, Mr. Sassoon's question in the chat, but I think this possibly answers that. Right. Exactly. Same same concept. Even if they start copying us for that as well. Yeah, that, that's the, the problem with the other shita that hells no. Once the goyim start doing it, we can't do it. Like, you know, you kind of they can cancel out everything if they start copying us in, in many things. So, Could yeah. it be argued there's a difference between a, a minhag or just a custom that we have and an actual, because like, uh, is an actual, and it's one that I'm banan. 
Alakanerot is a mitzvah de Rabbanan, correct? It is a correct. Mitzvah. So could it be argued that there's a there's a difference between that and minhag? Ah, that's a that's a good point, Hazak. Yeah, that's a good point. Could be that's why they go into Vilna by just you know a minhag of putting trees that he wouldn't allow, whereas as opposed to a halakha, even if they copy us, no, that's a very good point. That makes a lot of sense. That could be it. And uh, yeah, but uh, going back to what Rabbi Yosef said is that by and Kiriya, according to Tamurik law, that is a halakha also, so it wouldn't be a problem anyways also. But that's a good point. If it's just a minhag and they start copying it, maybe. But according to Rabbi Ravram and Arambam, the way he writes it, it's like, no, it doesn't matter. If they copy us, that's their fault. That's not our fault. We don't have to change it. Hukotechem is when you are copying them because you want to be similar to them. And then that's all. We don't go, we don't stretch it even more. We don't stretch it, you know, we're, when we're eating Chinese food, we don't want to be like them. We just want to eat, you know, good food. You know, that's it. It's not, you don't have to go that far. Uh, that's Personally, that's what I think. Okay, so we'll close yeah. it for ten. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, uh, Rav. Um, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. I think after that presentation, we can celebrate it. <laughs> According to some, <laughs> <laughs> ask your local Orthodox rabbi. Okay. Exactly. Okay, that's all, everyone. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye.